Welcome to What The Fit, a podcast about what it means to be fit, whatever the fuck that means. I'm your host, Christelle Rubio, and I'm helping to share the stories of cool people doing cool shit, from fitness trainers to wellness coaches, entrepreneurs, and entertainers. We'll hear the behind-the-scenes journey, all the different ways we can take care of ourselves, and of course, we'll answer and explore the big question of, what does being fit mean to you? My guest today is Evie Cantapos. Evie, hope I didn't butcher your last name too badly. So sorry about that. Evie is a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. She helps clients achieve hormonal, thyroid, and weight health. She also holds a Master of Science in Health Education. And this episode has been a long time coming. I've been working with Evie since about, oh, March, I guess. And um, this episode is really kind of the the evolution of my health journey and my test results and different protocols we've been working on trying to get my health really optimized for the next stage of life that I hope to be entering soon. This is really meant to be educational and kind of pull back the veil a little bit around the health and wellness and kind of fitness industry and what we see on social media, what we're told that we should be doing and the conflicting messages and the internal chatter that happens when we're trying to, you know, make a change or get a result or work towards a goal. It's been a really helpful process for me. It's been a challenging process for me. There is no start and end point at this moment, right? There's no before and after photo that I can show you. We are still actively trying to figure out my metabolic dysfunction, figure out why my my blood sugar is is higher than it should be, why, you know, my cortisol is is kind of low and well, why I guess at this point doesn't really matter, but what are we doing to fix it is is really what we're getting at or, you know, what's going to work best for me in this season of life. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Um, please feel free to reach out to me personally. I know Evie would say the same thing. Reach out to her if you have questions or you know, if you're trying to navigate some of these uh, different health struggles on your own. It's, it's tough going at it alone. It's been, been super helpful for me, not only having Evie as a coach, but also you know, having a, a really dear friend who is kind of working alongside me on some of those things. It's been just completely life-saving to be able to text someone and and know that you know our struggles are are not our own and and they're pretty universal so enjoy 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 thank you so much for listening um rate and review the podcast on apple um podcasts if you love it if you listen to it on spotify follow if you're loving what the fit share it to your socials, send it to a friend. That's like the best thing you can do. If you got a lot out of this episode and you found it really valuable, please send it to a friend. I appreciate you so much. Thanks for listening. Welcome to What the Fit, a podcast about what it means to be fit, whatever the fuck 
that means hello, hello, hello. Hi. Special guest, Evie. <laughs> Yay. This is a much anticipated episode. Okay. People have been asking a lot when I released a solo episode a few months ago, just kind of teasing that we're working together. This is some things that we're doing. Over the past few months, I've alluded a lot to like the work that I'm doing with you. Yeah. But people just really want to hear more specifically what's going on, which I don't blame them. My solo episode of like my hormone healing journey, which was like when I first started, I released that episode. It's like the most listened to episode I've had this year. So people are very interested in this topic. I believe it. And that was a great episode. I think that like I was very proud to hear you talk about it in the way that you did because I'm like, good, like she's learning. She's confident. That's my goal. I want you to understand what we're doing. Right. Right. I think it's, I mean, I've worked with people where I just did stuff and I'm like, I don't really know why we're doing this. But mm. you, you know, you really dove in of I want to understand the why behind it. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. So, yeah. That was really great. Yeah. That's just I don't it feels like I can be more like committed and invested maybe is the word I'm looking for. If I truly know like what I'm doing, the, like the impact it's having on me, it, just all of that, I just feel like more knowledge is more powerful for me to stick to what I want to do. Yep. I'm the same way. I need to know the why because it, it keeps you more committed, yes. especially when I th- want to throw in the towel because yes. we all get there. Right. Or you're like, nothing's working. Why am I doing this? Yeah. Oh yeah, for so, sure. I mean, yeah. I haven't felt like nothing's working. Why am I doing this feeling throughout this journey? But I have felt frustration that things are not moving at the timeline that I want them to move on. Yeah. And that's very common for a lot of people. And I think that was one of the biggest things that we talked about from the start is Mm -hmm. the timeline. We have to almost get rid of the timeline that we have in our head. Yeah. But also we just talked about it before we started recording of we have to change that mindset and that perspective that this is not a destination thing. Mm -hmm. Although you might work with someone and I, myself, I have packages that are timed, right? Clients work work with me for a period of time. Yep. It doesn't mean that you're going to reach your final goals in that time. And that actually as a practitioner is very hard for me to even say and admit because I, I'm so committed to helping people reach their goals but the reality is, is that I can't get you there sometimes in four months, six months. It might be you reach your quote unquote final goal or what you wanted to be or that benchmark long after we started working, stopped working together. Right. Because that's what happened with me and my coach. Like he, I worked with him for 18 months. He got me really far into where I wanted to be. Yeah. But I feel like I got into a really good stride about a year and a half, two years after working with him. Yeah. But it's because of the foundation that he laid right. with me. That's why, that's, as a coach, that's what yeah. he was doing with you was laying this foundation yeah. so that eventually you can go out on your own and continue it yeah. and, Which and is get the, the goal. results. Like, I really yeah. want this to be sustainable for people. So I love it when people come back after a year and they're like, hey, I've lost weight or, hey, I got pregnant or, yeah. hey, like I've had asymptomatic periods for eight months now. And I'm like, that's incredible. And I'm so happy to hear that. Even if we're not working together, you know, I know that it's because you've continued to work on yourself. Right. Right. Exactly. Well, and I think what we talked about earlier too, right, is that most of our health goals have, as women have centered around plain and simply losing weight. Like that, that number on the scale going down. Not even so much as a as a uh, paying attention to body comp, truly, it's just like losing weight, right? And 
now I think that one of the reasons why these types of topics of conversation and these episodes are so popular is because we're now turning the corner a little bit and we're saying, hey, there might be more to our health than being thin. And <laughs> is that true? Really? You know, Who would have thought? Th- maybe there's something to this. Yeah. And maybe what's keeping us feeling unwell and low energy and not getting the physique that we want and, you know, not feeling good mentally, like all of those things, the gut, our hormones, our nervous system, like those type of, I don't know what we call them, processes within the body that contribute to overall wellness and health and your physique. And those things might take a little bit longer to kind of get in sync and get in alignment than simply losing body weight. I think this is my own personal experience, but also what I see with clients is what we, I I primarily work with women who are in their mid twenties to, you know, maybe mid forties, right? Uh Typically women who are menstruating, that's the age I'm working with people. And a lot of us have the same story where in our twenties, we could push our bodies a little bit. We could eat a little lower calorie. We could overtrain. We could do all the hit classes. We could do all that stuff. I could black out Friday night and Saturday night and like be in the gym on Monday and do like two a day workouts during the week. (laughs) Yeah. So like we got away with doing that stuff. Yes. But what we didn't realize, because how would we have known that, how is would we underneath known? all that, our body was slowly keeping the score yep. of like, all right, bitch, I yep. see what you're doing. Like, yep. we're going to, this is, this is going to come back and bite you at some point. Yeah. And so then in our thirties or late twenties or when we're trying to get pregnant or when we start to realize like, oh, I should be having a period. The this wear is and tear of our bodies is becoming apparent. Yeah. 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 The body's finally like, no, it's my turn. You are going to listen to me. Mm-hmm. And so that's a lot of the types of people that I see. And as, yeah. again, I was that type of person as well, where I was overtraining, under eating for years. And I just reached this plateau of why am I not losing weight on 1200 calories? This isn't logically making sense anymore. Yeah. Yep. And so it really woke me up to what else is going on underneath the surface. What is right. metabolic resistance? What is weight loss resistance? What are other factors that are causing me to be stuck here? Yeah. And because probably at the point where your body is not responding to a certain number of calories, macros, which is like where we are right now. So, you know, kind of backing up a little bit, I wanted to work with Evie somewhat twofold. One, everyone knows I've been like trying to get my my PMS and my periods and like wanting to know what's going on with my hormones, like all of that under control. I've been wanting to do that for a long time. But then also in the last... And I talked about this in kind of a little bit more detail in a past episode, but sometime around last year when I was going through a very, very high stress, like traumatic personal time, um, I started gaining weight and it was really almost like out of nowhere. I wasn't changing, you know, I definitely wasn't changing my fitness levels. You know, maybe my diet wasn't like, you know, hundred percent on point, like it could have been, but if anything, I was underfeeding for yeah. sure. I would I would go like a long time without food because I just couldn't eat out of stress alone. So it wasn't making sense where this unexplained weight gain was coming from, plus getting my hormones, you know, wanting to see what was going on there. I was having really bad mood swings. I was having um, painful, like, tender breasts before my period was going to start. I was having really bad cramps, like so bad that I would have to take off work and like lay in bed with a heating pad on. 
and experiencing like clotting. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I was to come work with Evie. But what, and so in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, these, this hormone stuff is probably going to take us a while to figure out, but she should be able to get, like, we should be able to lose this, these, this pesky 10 pounds, like in about three months. Like I've done this before. I've done this a million times. I can't tell you how many times I've lost 10 pounds over the course of my life. Like this will be fine. Yeah. And we have not yet done that. But what we're learning is even, I think, more. 100% is more valuable than me losing this pesky 10 pounds. I think what you're also learning, though, is why you're not losing that Exactly. Exactly. What I'm coming to is, like, now at this point where you said, like, you weren't responding to the 1,200 calories, you know, I'm having, like, resistance to weight loss. It's like, by the time that is showing up, there's there's a lot of damage that's been yeah, done. Yeah, it's a whole cascade of events yeah. that leads to that. It's right. just that's the only symptom that we realize because that's the only one we're paying attention to yes. most of the time. Right. And and what you know, we'll talk about as we get into um kind of my tests. We're gonna have Evie go through my Dutch test and my gut test and just like talk about protocols and what we've been doing. Um but I wouldn't have been testing my blood sugar. Mm-hmm. I would have never known that. And like what do we say? I've always I'm always struggling with how to describe my blood sugar to people because I don't want to say I have high blood sugar and like people are like, oh my God, are you like diabetic? You yeah. know, it's not that high, but it's like, it's not optimal. It's and not that, optimal. Yeah, I mean, we can share values too. So people know. So yeah. optimal, right? Like during the day is like 80 to 90. Yeah, I'd say 75 to 90. 90 is on the higher end. And I, for, 90 yeah. is on the higher end. Yeah. So I was seeing values up to like 150. Mm-hmm. You know, it was hovering probably average around like 110. Mm-hmm. I had a fasting glucose around like the 110s, which that should be like 70. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So fasting ideally, and a lot of people only know their fasting glucose because right, if you that's go for you routine yeah. blood work, it's like, oh, I'll fast and I'll get glucose yep. and all that. And ideally fasting some people can get by with 70 but i'd say 75 to 85 is ideal maybe 90 is okay yep and glucose is going to change throughout the day because every time we eat or we're really stressed our body's going to release more glucose and so the way that we had you test is you would be testing an hour like fasted yep and then an hour after breakfast two hours after breakfast mm-hmm. because the meat the timing after your meals also is going to influence what your glucose looks like yep. So an hour after you eat, you might spike up to 150, mm-hmm. which again, that's high. Yeah. But two hours after we eat, we want to see you closest to where you were fasted. Yeah. So if you started at 85 and you don't come back near 85, two hours after you eat, all right, we've got some big swings going on. Yeah. And that could be a reason why someone's having weight loss resistance. Yeah. And what I noticed for mine is that mine will come down to like where my fasting was, but it's still high. high. Yeah. 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 So again, I, the, I don't think I was experiencing the swings as much because symptomatically, right? If you would have told me that I had high blood, blood sugar before I got this, before I started testing, I would have been like, you're fucking lying. Because the last time I did a fasting blood glucose test, it was 74. I remember it was yeah. 74. That's perfect. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of people listening can relate to this. And this is certainly my experience too. But you said that you went through really high stress personal yes. time. And people think that glucose is only affected by nutrition, but that's not true. Mm-hmm. Cortisol spikes is very much affected by that too. And 
a way to think about this is so cortisol, yes, it's the stress hormone. It kind of gets demonized, but cortisol is really important. Yeah. Um, for a lot of functions and different times of the day. But what we also know is that if you're really stressed, your cortisol is typically going to be spiked. And from a biological perspective, when we are very stressed, the body is like, all right, we've got some threat to our life right. that we need to fight off. So we let's, might need to run away any minute. Yeah, so let's get glucose up. Mm-hmm. Let's get cortisol up. We need the energy. We need to fight this off. We need to run, whatever it is. Yep. And, and that if, is exactly how I felt mentally last year. And if you're operating on that for extended periods of time, yep. like that is going to throw off your homeostasis and that's going to throw off your ability to know like, is traffic actually a threat to my life? Or mm-hmm. like, am I just stressed now all the time? So my body just is on this weird feedback loop where yep. it doesn't know how to turn it off anymore. Yeah. So then you develop this ability, this resistance to how your body uses glucose. So then you have these elevated levels. Yep. And I also want to make a point that this is elevated from a functional medicine perspective. If you were to go to a conventional doctor, they'd probably say nothing is wrong with you. Mm. And they would say 110 is great. No problem. Mm. But it's not great. It's not No, great. it's not. Because when we look at optimal ranges, we have those because we're looking at people who are functioning and feeling their best. Right. And, and that's, those what are the values that's what I want to be. That yeah. we want to base it off of. Yeah. So people on the 110s, 150s, they're not typically feeling their best. So why would we make the ranges that wide? Yeah. So functional ranges are a lot more narrow. Um, and those are the ones that I go off of and that I've been taught and that I teach my clients now. Of Again, you're not completely like, I don't think you need like medication for right. diabetes or right. anything right. like right. that. But it's more of like a, Maybe this I can get an Ozempic prescription and just like <laughs> fuck this all. Oh God, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like you're, it's just like Fantasy there's some land. tweaks that need to be there that will optimize it that I really think are some of those hidden puzzle pieces for you that we've been able to uncover now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been, um, it's been really helpful on my, and then especially just where I am, you know, not only from like a physical health perspective, but a mental health perspective too, of just like, okay, I'm committed to like doing whatever it is that I can to like feel my best not look my best, not, you know, and, and those thoughts and those patterns of behavior, oh, absolutely are at play every day fucking knocking on the door. Every morning they're knocking on the door. But now it's just about like, okay, like what are we committed to? Are you committed to going back to that old be- way of thinking? You can go back there, but you know what's back there. Mm-hmm. There's nothing for you. Like we are interested in moving forward in a new way. And that choice that you make every day I think is really important in that's probably the biggest thing you can do for your health is you absolutely can choose to go back to the old way of thinking or old way of doing things. Yeah. You can go back to being someone who's going to try and starve yourself or whatever. Like yep. Restricted speaking eating. from, yeah, yeah. like yeah. sure, go ahead and do that. But you also have the choice and you've made the choice to focus on health first, which is like, I've had like two Instagram posts at this point, really focusing in on that is when we focus on health first, that's when you get the outcomes that you're looking for. And that's what I have to keep telling myself because it's so hard though, not to just go back and be like, Oh, but like, God, I just wish it would be working. If I would just lose this 10 pounds, I would be so much happier if I would just lose this 10 pounds. And that it's just not, it's just not the truth. Yeah. It's just not when we're so committed to thinking that we're going to be happier when we lose the 10 pounds, we also lose sight of the other positive things that are happening, maybe at a higher weight. So exactly. For example, we were talking about this. I've gained weight strategically in the last few months to, you know, I wanted to build muscle and I wanted to get my, my hormones were low. So I wanted to build them up. 
And it's like a little uncomfortable. I'm like, I'm a little squishy in some areas that I'm not used to being squishy, but I'm also strong as hell in the gym. Yeah. I have, I leave the gym feeling energized. Yeah. I'm sleeping much deeper. My libido is way higher. And I'm like, God, like these are really important markers of health too. Yeah. That I would just be simply ignoring if I was focused on like, well, my, well, I, I have one, one more inch on my waist. This, this is, yeah. The point that I am trying to come around to is, is this has totally transformed how I think of health and like what being healthy means for me. Like I'm like, okay, I want to focus on my gut. I want to focus on my cortisol. I want to look at my blood sugar and knowing and telling myself that if, if you are functioning optimally or, or you're in a healthy place or your body is responding the way that it's designed to respond, you're going to look like your looks are going to be in alignment with that. And you know what? It might not look the way that it looked before, but like it's gonna be where it needs to be. And like you're just gonna have to fucking be okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. your acceptance. Surrender, acceptance, like yeah. this is and this isn't like uh this is the opposite of being like, oh, I'm just giving up. Like, no, I'm fully committed, mm-hmm. just not to what I used to be committed to, which was a number on a scale. Yeah. It in a lot a lot of people I work with, like I said, are in that age where they're maybe trying to get pregnant in the near future or that's like one of their goals. And we also have to have the conversation of like, look, if you want to get pregnant, is weight loss really realistic for you right now? Yes. If, if you're not extremely overweight to begin with. Right. Like right if someone's right, right. got like a few pounds and it's like, hey, like I'd like to get pregnant. It's like you might actually need to put on a little bit of weight for you to have a healthier pregnancy because your hormones are low. So if you put on some weight, you put on some muscle – your progesterone might be working a little bit better and that's going to help you with pregnancy. And there's all those factors too, that I have to have conversations with people on of maybe this isn't the right time for you to try to lose weight. Right. Not saying that you couldn't do it, but like we also have to look at what's the long game here of if your end goal is pregnancy, maybe we don't work on losing weight because you're not 250 pounds or whatever it might be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Perspective, I think. And it's really tough, especially coming from someone like me, to not want to go to this perfectionist mindset and just comparison of past selves. Like, all, I, I think that is so, I mean, at least for me, like, that's who I'm comparing myself to. I don't care about anyone else doing their fucking shit, whatever, everyone lived their life, but like, I'm comparing me to like past versions, and that is not healthy. Like, I'm not that person anymore. Yeah. I'm literally no longer in that, that space. So, like, why am I trying to go backward? Because it's comforting. It's comfortable. Yeah, it's There was some reward. There was some sense of security and safety, right? Acknowledging all those things. Yeah, and a lot of it, too, is, like, giving yourself, giving myself grace. Giving my younger version, the younger version of myself who caused my metabolic dysfunction. (laughs) (laughs) Giving her some grace because she was truly, like, just doing what she thought she was supposed to do. Exactly. And... Now we know better, so we do better. Exactly. Okay, let's get into it. So I'm really hoping that this will be helpful for people just to hear, one, like how these tests read and like what kind of information you get if anyone at all is, anyone is interested in doing some of these tests, but also that Evie can kind of call out common um, things that she sees come up with her clients and that, you know, maybe we can, you can do some thinking and self-analyzing and saying, hey, is this kind of how I'm feeling? We don't want this to be a blanket, like, hey, everyone should do this, or everyone even with these test results should do this. It's truly like your individual plan and like what goals you have. 
Yeah, exactly. Disclaimer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So which one's first? This is the... Let's do your stool test, which is looking at your gut microbiome. The gut microbiome. So everyone, you have to collect your poop for this one. And (laughs) it's not as bad as you think, truly. You put like a little... Uh, it's almost like a thicker sheet of like construction paper around the toilet, it, like hooks under. And so you can collect the poop on the little paper. And um, you, it's almost like, a, it's almost like a mascara wand Yes, that you poke the poop with the mascara wand in different places and put it in a solution. So it's, and then you like cut off the papers, the poop falls into the water. So it's really not like as bad as you think. Yeah. I had no idea. I thought I was going to like collect the poop with a scooper and like put it into a box, I don't know, yeah. like Tupperware container. <laughs> yeah. So it's not it's not that bad. Yeah, yeah, it's not that bad. It's definitely an experience, but we we all survive it. Yeah, so, it's yeah, fine. yeah, it's fine. So um, also because I do shift which tests I share, I will share that we did the biome FX with you, yeah. but I do use other ones as well, depending on who the person is, what their symptoms are, okay, what I think would be most beneficial for them. So there's a there's a lot of great tests out there. This one in particular is the biome effects, which is what we used with you. Yeah. And I was experiencing like bloating, cramping after I would eat sometimes. Um, I was pooping like once a day. And I think that's like pretty much all to say about that as we, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So some of the nice things about this particular test is that we get to see an overall score of what your gut looks like. Um, And it's rated out of a 40 and your score was a 25.3. Yeah. And I'd like to see that at least at a 30. So oh, you weren't okay. super far off, but yeah. it was still like, it's okay. It's like a C. Yeah. There's, there's work to be done here. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you get that score based on different values. And so they're looking at the diversity of your gut in terms of how many species of bacteria you have of those species. How diverse are those? Yeah. Um, it looks at what's called resistome occurrence index, which is like your body's natural antibiotic ability. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how well can you fight off different things that you would come in contact with? Because yeah. we are in contact with things all the time. Yep. Um, it looks at different pathogens. So it looks at bacteria, parasites, yeast, all of that yeah. stuff as well. Um, and then what's called cons- uh, keystone species, which I consider to be the kings and queens of the microbiome. Yes. So those are bacteria that really and you've talked about this of we go from a desert terrain yep. to a rainforest yep. right and a lot of us are very a lot of people are always low in those mm-hmm. and part of the reason for that is because and i think this attributes to how you were as well especially in the past of we don't have a lot of diversity in our diet yes we eat the same thing over yes. and over we have a hyperfixation meal yep. and we're like we get in a groove and yep. that's it and you, what, eat, you eat four different kinds of vegetables yep and what you're doing at that point is you're starving out the bacteria that needs a variety that needs a variety and at that point your body doesn't have any like it doesn't have micronutrients from this vegetable that you might need to feed up this particular bacteria because yeah. you just never eat that anymore right right so we're developing these these desert microbiomes on our own just simply because we're not eating any variety and i'm very much guilty of this too so yeah and our bodies want a large variety. Yes. Yeah. If, I mean, uh, yeah. to give you an idea, when we are looking at your, um, the alpha diversity, which is your, the number of species in your microbiome, you're at 127. We prefer to see that at least at 200. Yeah. No, so, we had a big problem with my yeah. biodiversity. Yeah. So I'm like, I was okay, like, we've got to get some diversity in there. And yeah, you can absolutely do that with probiotics, which are bacteria for your gut. 
but I also am always going to think of food first Mm -hmm. and how can we add variety, which is protocol wise. One of the things that we really focused on and that you did a really good job on is you were open to like, Hey, like I will rotate food. I will get new vegetables. I will eat this thing that I have no idea how to cook. Like we talked about like, what do you do with parsnips? Oh my God. I'm, love parsnips and rutabaga so much yeah. now there's some in my refrigerator downstairs i'll either make them tonight or tomorrow i'm coming like into my luteal phase so nice. like those root vegetables yep. will be like so good for extra carbs yep i love rutabaga yeah do not sleep on a rutabaga just youtube how to cut a rutabaga <laughs> there's a wax covering over it don't eat that they're so good. I put some like Italian seasoning and yeah. olive oil. Yeah. Oh my God, they're so good. So good. Yes. Yeah, leeks, so- been eating leeks, artichokes. Yeah. I eat a lot of artichokes, mm-hmm. which I love. So there's yeah. no problem there. Yeah. And that's, again, and we knew if someone's like, well, how do you know which ones to eat? Like, because these to me, when I first got into looking at my gut and running tests on myself, I had no idea to pay attention to some of these vegetables. Like I'd always seen a rutabaga, but I was like, all right, that's for somebody else, not for me. Yeah. I don't know who that's for, but it was not for me. Oh, like these are, there's a lot of fiber in this, or this is a prebiotic fiber for my gut or whatever. And what's nice about the test that I use is that based on what species come up as being low or that you're missing, there's a correlation of this is the type of fiber that you need to build that up. Mm-hmm. And hey, these are the foods that contain that fiber. Yeah. And so, so there that's you go. What, yeah. There's your prescription of food. Exactly. Because people are like, well, what do I eat? I'm like, you eat what's on here. Yeah. Like pick two to three that you've never had before. Yep. And that's what you're going to have as your little experiment for the week. Yep. Um, so it's nice that you can walk away with knowing exactly what to eat for your particular gut because mm-hmm. of what's not in there. Yep. Yeah, you got to feed, yeah, feed the zoo animals. Yeah, right. Like I talk about like, you know, if you think of all your bacteria as a zoo and there's animals in there, they need food for that. So the food is going to be those vegetables, that fiber. Um, And you can also do that through supplements, like I said, in prebiotics. Um, But I'm very much focused on trying to do it through food first and supplements or supplemental. Yep. Um, But in terms of your pathogens, one thing that it's not uncommon that we're so everyone's going to have some pathogen show up. Yep. Right. Whether it's a C diff, which, you know, I'm like, Oh my God, that sounds so serious, but we're not talking about acute like episodes Mm -hmm. of C diff where Mm -hmm. you'd be hospitalized. (laughs) I actually see that a lot with people who work in childcare or in hospitals because they're in contact with feces and that's typically how it's going to get transferred. Wow. So, you know, you had C diff show up, but it wasn't elevated. You had Bilophila wadsworthia show up. That's a bacteria that, Again, this shows up on almost everybody. So I'm like, is this the test thing or is this a part? Like, is this yeah. just everybody has this? But, you know, that can be due to sulfur sulfur foods. So, like, eating low-sulfur diet can really help bring that down. Mm. Um, Bacteridetes fragilis, that's a common one I see. But what did show up as elevated for you was E. coli. Oh, yeah. That E. coli. people kind of get freaked out by, like, oh, my God, I have, like, E. coli poisoning. It's like, well, you're not laid up in the hospital. So... We need to take a step back. It's just growing more than it needs yeah. to grow. Yeah, we, we have just an overgrowth. A, yeah, a we have bit. this overgrowth. And I think about why do these things, because if someone's listening, they're like, well, how do these things take up residence? You can think about your gut also as like, let's use a Whole Foods parking lot. And there's certain parking spots that need to be filled by the good bacteria. Mm-hmm. So the cars come in, they're the good bacteria, they fill it up. When you don't eat variety, when you have a lot of stress over time, if you're taking medications, things that are going to strip your microbiome, birth control is one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, even some antidepressants can do that. Um, Looking at proton pump inhibitors, those things are going to strip your microbiome over time, antibiotics. Yeah. 
So then now all these cars start pulling out of their parking spots. Mm-hmm. And there's these empty spots for what we call opportunistic bacteria to come in and take residence. Yeah. And so now you have this mix of like you've got your good bacteria and you've got some opportunistic, some of the bad guys, the bullies on the playground oh, that yeah. are going to show up and it's okay that they're there. But if you don't have the ability to fight that off because you don't have natural defenses built up in your body, then that's when they become problematic. And then you have more susceptibility to these sorts of things. Right, 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 right. And so for that, you get, I took a specific type of probiotic that was like aimed at. Yep squashing yeah. the e coli we and wanted to get like a 30, higher a 30 day round yep. of that we yeah. want to get higher doses of a particular bacteria um to kill that off and then the idea is that then you bring in another diverse type of probiotic mm-hmm. to just kind of bring more diversity in there yep and when you're taking a probiotic some products out there are really good where they already have prebiotics in there but you want to have a prebiotic as well because again you can add all the bacteria you want, but that bacteria needs to be fed too. Mm. So doing a prebiotic, which is what we've recently switched to, yeah. is also important. Yep, yep. Is that the one I take three pills two mm-hmm. times a day? It's the Mega Pre, the yes. dairy-free one. I actually yeah, yeah. saw it when I was walking in. I was like, yay, go Chrissy. Yep. No, I have to. But there's, the, the supplement schedule can get tricky. Yes. It's a full-time job to start until you get into the routine for sure. Yeah. But I had little tricks that I use for myself. So like the ones that are sitting out on the microwave, those are like the throughout the day ones. And then if I just have ones that I take morning, night, those are in the cupboard. Yes. Yep. It's just my own little system, yeah. how I keep myself organized. As long as you get in a system. And yeah. the thing is too, like I, I try to avoid having so many supplements for people because one, it's pricey and two, it's very annoying, but Again, if if you think about it as like this is a concentrated time for me to yeah. just push. Yeah. And this is not forever because I always try and work on clients of how to titrate them off of their supplements too. Yeah. Like, hey, you've been on this for a while, you're feeling good. Symptom wise, it's good. Whether we retest or not, like if you're feeling good, your poop's looking better, you're not yep. as bloated, it's a pretty good sign that maybe we can dose down a little bit and then yeah. eventually get you off. Yeah. Um, because not everything is meant to be on long term. Right. So I always reiterate that with people of like this. This seems like a lot, but just bear with me for a little bit. Right? Mm-hmm. This isn't going to be forever thing. Yeah. 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 Um, so, you know, just looking through your test here, the cool thing about this also is that it looks at different fermentations. So how it yes. ferments your carbs, your this saccharolytic fermentation yeah. and your proteolytic fermentation, which is protein breakdown. I want to talk about this because yeah. this, this is a hard one for me to swallow because of my media consumption and what everyone is talking about right now, I don't... And again, this is not a bad thing. Everyone's pushing high protein, high protein, high protein. I'm seeing my 30 gram protein meal, my 45 gram protein meal, my 50 gram protein meal, like high protein, high protein, high protein. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's actually a good thing. Everyone I've heard talk about like blood sugar stabilization. They talk about that high protein, like it is really important except if you're someone who is not breaking down protein yeah. properly. Yeah. And with those, cause like a hundred percent protein is important. I recommend it at every meal. Yeah. Like it's very important for a lot of different reasons, but they're also not talking specifics. So right. it's like what high protein to someone might mean 20 grams of protein, whereas high protein for the other next person is 70 grams. Yeah. It's like, what are we talking about exactly? And with your proteolytic fermentation, that's your protein breakdown if you don't have the proper system set in place to break that down, you're basically having this putrefaction happen, this yep. rotting in there. So like, I was prioritizing eating a lot. I mean, you know, yeah, 140 you know, grams of protein probably on, on average. Yeah. And 
when that test result came back, it was basically saying all that protein is just putrefying yeah. in your gut because you're not breaking it down properly, which is causing inflammation. Yeah, because then that breaks down into things like amines. Um, one thing in particular I see a lot of is you know paying attention to ammonia production, hydrogen sulfide, which those are going to be can be tied to things like small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, SIBO. Mm. That's a big hot thing within the gut world too is everyone has SIBO nowadays or everyone has methane SIBO or do you have hydrogen sulfide SIBO? And so that is really, you know, annoying to also be dealing with too. And yeah. so you have to be very careful of 140 grams of protein might not bother your neighbor, but it might bother you. And that's for various reasons. And yeah, in the season that I'm in right now, right. like there may be before my body could take that. Right. Now it can't. Right. So then we looked at, okay, how do we optimize digestion? We talked about slowing down your eating. Revolutionary. (laughs) I'm telling everyone out there, we'll give you tips throughout. Like the things that have worked so well for me that are free of charge, slowing down when you eat. I had you time. I took, I timed every meal, 15 minutes. Yeah, because you, I was like, just see where you are. Yep. And like you, you, I think you just hit your stopwatch and I was like, turn your phone over, just eat when you're done eating, look at how much time that was. Yeah. It was like five minutes maybe. Oh yeah, it was like seven minutes, like yeah. less than 10 minutes. Yeah. And then I was like, let's see if we can get up to 10 and then let's see if we can get up to 15. Let's see if we can get to 20. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I probably average like 15 now. Yeah. Just like normal because yeah. I'm just intentional about sitting down. I sit at the table. Sometimes I have to work at my desk, but that's fine. I, usually if I'm working at my desk, honestly, it's a, a longer time for me to eat because I'm like taking time in between things, which is not great to be distracted when you're eating, but we do the best we can. Um, but I had this like famous example where I ate a meal in like that seven minute time period. This is before we were timing ourselves and I felt so bad. I was so bloated. My stomach was like so cramped. It was very uncomfortable. And I was like, shit, this is like a meal I eat all the time. Is something, do I have a sensitivity to something now? And I tried the next day eating the same meal and slowing down and I had zero symptoms. Yeah. It's, it's so simple. It's stupid. And it's frustrating how simple it is. Yeah. Cause we're like, wow, I could have saved myself so much trouble. And I notice now, like, I, I can't have smoothies. Mm-hmm. It does not work for me. That's not surprising for me to hear that because people, smoothies are so helpful for a lot of people. And yes. Like they're convenient. They're yes. easy. You can pack a lot of I mean, veggies I love that. Yeah. Yeah. But not just, not just about slowing down, but with smoothies, you're directly drinking something, mm-hmm. whereas... When we stop and we're chewing our food, mm-hmm. our body has the saliva that's being produced and then these enzymes that are being produced, which mm-hmm. trigger the body to say, hey, like we're going to start digesting food right now. Prepare. Pancreas, make these enzymes. Stomach, release this acid for yeah. us. And so if you're bypassing that process because you're not chewing your food, then all of a sudden your stomach has this cold liquid in it which yeah. the stomach is fiery anyways yeah and it's like what am I supposed to do with this this is uncomfortable it doesn't feel good for me to drink smoothies which is so tragic because I love them and I've even tried like slowing down like chewing on mm-hmm. them it does I just don't feel great yeah so I'm it's I think it's a little bit better if they're not cold so if I don't use frozen fruit mm-hmm. but a cold frozen smoothie no it's just gonna be yeah. It's going to be like, I'm burpy, I'm gassy, my stu- I'm bloated. Mm-hmm. It's just uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think too, like seasonal, 
some people can get away with doing smoothies in the summertime because right. that makes more sense from like an Ayurvedic perspective yeah. where we want cooling foods. Yeah. But I cannot do a smoothie in the wintertime and not feel like garbage after. Interesting. Just, I can't do it. My stomach does not want cold things in the winter. Yeah. And so I feel really sick after that. But summertime I can get away with every now and then. I just don't think I ever really paid attention. I was yeah. just used to like, yep, sometimes after my eating, my stomach's going to hurt. Like, yep. man, just, yep. that's just the way it is. Yep. <laughs> but now go. that I like pay attention, I'm like, oh, that doesn't feel good. Yeah. It so tastes so good that, you know, you can see why I would go through the pain. Right. But after a while, I'm just like, "Mm." once all my other meals feel good after I eat them, I can't then just have the one where I'm like, no, this feels bad. And it lasts for like an hour, hours. Yeah. Once you get a taste for how good you can feel, it's like, I'm not going back to that. I don't care what I was doing. I'm not doing that again. Yeah. 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 So So yeah, we're we're not eating as much protein. Yeah. So we do. So when I see people have difficulties with digesting protein on a stool sample it's one of two things you're either eating an enormous amount of protein which could be true or and most likely true is that you just don't have the proper enzymes or breakdown for that so we talked about your behavior around food in terms of slowing down Mm -hmm. chewing food being more mindful around eating Um, but we also talked about bringing in some enzymes to support your body and one of my favorite ones is a combination of betaine hcl which is hydrochloric acid to help the body it's basically stomach acid yeah um which a lot of people are depleted in due to Honestly, chronic stress. Medication can do that too. Yeah. I think, like, I've never had heartburn. Mm -hmm. I don't think naturally that I have a very, like, acidic Mm -hmm. self. Yeah. Fiery self. Yeah. Never have I experienced that. And pepsin, which is an enzyme that helps break down protein. But with that too, like, if someone's saying, well, I I don't have heartburn because I have proton pump inhibitor, I take Nexium or whatever is out there now, Prilosec. We actually want our stomach to be very acidic. Yeah. Because... When we eat food, again, most of us most likely are chewing our food maybe three, four times and then swallowing it. Yeah, so the, chunks of food passing yeah, through your gut. Big globs sitting yeah. in our stomach for 20 minutes. And if there's no acid in there, how is that food going to get broken down? It's not going to. So then you have these big pieces of food trying to go down your GI tract. Oof. And it's like, no wonder we've, we're distented, we're bloated, we yeah. feel really heavy, we get lethargic, we're uncomfortable. So you need to actually make your stomach more acidic. And so that's why we add in enzymes to support digestion in that way. And those are things that you can be pulsing in and out throughout the year. Like if you, I don't know, some people are like, I went on vacation and I didn't need to take any enzymes. My digestion was so good. I didn't get bloated. Like that makes sense. You were probably relaxed, right? Like higher stress seasons, you might need to have some more enzymes and things, but we really want it to be acidic in that way. And so that can be really helpful from the start to get people on. And there's so many different types of acidity that you can add in and enzymes. But again, there's some go-tos that I tend to find work really well with people. And I think it's worked really well with you too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I take two of the digestive enzymes before like three times a day. So Mm -hmm. I don't take them before every single meal since I have four meals a day, but I take them like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. And then the spray Mm-hmm. the bitters the bitter spray yep. six so, pumps of that on the tongue it yep. tastes really it's weird because some days i barely notice it and then other days i'm like <laughs> <laughs> it's like so bitter so yeah. i don't know what wh- how that changes yeah yeah but bitters are definitely a good 
And bitters sometimes can be a good step prior to doing enzymes. Some people can get, get away with just doing bitters. Mm. Um, just to kind of help again, produce the stomach acid, get the bile going, help yeah. your body, like just get that whole digestive process in play. Right. Cause um, right, we're, we're also kind of seen it was a little sluggish, right? Like just from that inflammation, just like yep. lack of diversity. We wanted something to like, okay, let's yep. get moving. And with you pooping once a day, yeah, like that's great. It's better than not pooping at all, but I'm at least looking for people to poop twice a day right? Which and to feel like they're emptying mind. out too. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, if someone's pooping once a day, maybe they don't feel like they're emptying out. I'm going to say, okay, we got to try and ramp this up a little bit. And if you're listening and you're like, well, I don't know, like, am I not pooping enough? Or am I, is my food passing through too quickly or too slowly? Did we do a transit time test with you? No, with the we sesame? didn't. I we thought did that not. we talked about that. So you can take a tablespoon of, I recommend white sesame seeds so that you can see them. And you put them in water and you just take a shot of them. Uh-huh. And then just note whatever time you did that. Uh-huh. And then when you see them in your stool, oh, how long, how long did that take? Yeah. And you're looking for 18 hours is a little bit on the lower side, but 18 to s- 24, 72 maybe hours. Interesting, okay. And that sometimes is a way for me to see, like, are things moving too slowly? Because the body will slow down digestion when it feels like it needs to because it's not absorbing your nutrients, mm. which is also something that we can see from your test too. Um, different markers showcase that. And so I was able to see, like, oh, if you are if you have high levels of this, then that means your body's, like, calling out for slower digestion. yeah. Yeah. So I'm pooping <clears throat> more often than not twice a day, but not, it, it will be like maybe like three days, two poops a day. Mm-hmm. Then there'll be one where it's one. Yeah. And then, you know, so yeah. I think it's, it's better than I was for sure. Yeah. Definitely an improvement. Good. Good. Yeah. And some other things that I wanted to make note of from the test are what that I think are really interesting and relevant for a lot of people, especially if you're in Cincinnati, just with allergies and things like that Ooh, yeah. is it can look at your histamine production. So histamine can be produced in the gut and it'll travel to other parts of your body, which is why you have rashes or allergies or, you know, things like that. So if someone has a history of having rashes after eating certain things or they have really bad allergies, we can tie that to the gut. And so being able to see that on testing is really important and can be very validating for people, too. So Yeah, that's so interesting about how your gut might be affecting your allergies. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, you can also see like vitamin production too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it goes into vitamin biosynthesis, which is basically if you were stranded on a desert island for two weeks, right. your gut should still be producing vitamins for you. So this is not the same thing as doing a serum test where you go and you get your you know vitamin B12 checked yeah. through blood work. This is not the same concept, but it's just showing is your gut able to produce this? And so it looks at B12, you know, B1, B2, B5, B6, B7. And it just says like sometimes these things are high or low actually because you have an overgrowth of certain bacteria that would be considered opportunistic or mm. bad or whatever. So it's not like you're supplementing too much of it. It's more of your body has this bacteria, which is causing it to be too high yeah. um, or too low. Right. So it's nice to know that just, again, if someone is experiencing maybe deficiencies in an area, mm-hmm. also looks at neurotransmitters. So the most important one that I love looking at is GABA, which is a neurotransmitter that, again, originates in the gut, which is also going to be really good at giving us indication of like, are you receiving GABA, which is very calming to the brain and body? So if someone's experiencing anxiety, and they have been for a while, mm. and they're like, I just don't know, like, what's going on? I'm yeah. like, this could be correlated because your your gut's not making any GABA. Mm. And so that tracks as to why you'd be feeling anxious. Yeah, yeah. I think my GABA was, oh, my production was 
okay. I yep, it was okay. Yeah. It was within range. It looks like glutathione, yeah. which is a master antioxidant in the body. I think especially like glutathione really became popular when COVID was a thing mm-hmm. and like really prominent because glutathione helps detoxify a lot a system or a lot in your body. And so your gut also makes glutathione, but it's good to also supplement it depending on who the person. So you were also within range, which is good. Yeah. But every cell is going to use that and need it to detoxify. So it's a really important marker that we look at. Mm -mm. The other thing that was off on mine was a ratio Mm -hmm. of bacteria. Mm -hmm. There was some dysbiosis happening. Yep. Yeah. So if we go and look at that, it's, it gives you three different ratios for different bacteria that's correlated to different symptoms or different functions. So the thing that was off for you was, um, the firmicutes to bacteroidetes ratio. Um, and this was elevated. And this to me is saying, okay, there's some inflammation happening here yeah. because elevated, particularly the elevated bacteria in certain areas is going to be leading to inflammation. Um, so that could be, again, due to lack of variety of diet, which is really what I see. Like, yes. I've had clients who come to me and they're like, I've done carnivore for five years. Yeah. No, I 100% did not have a good. Yeah. Or I've like done diet. this and it really can be traced back to that of that's why one is growing higher than the other. Yeah. Um, so that again, is just a little bit more clues. Some of them are also correlated to like metabolic disease, um, correlated to, you know, higher body fat ratio or count. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's really quite interesting when you get all of this stuff. And then I, the most important thing though, is that this is what the test says, but I, I always asked you like, does this track with you? Yeah. Because I'm not going to treat the test. I'm not going right. to just do a supplement because the test says we need to do it. Do you actually feel like this is happening? Because mm-hmm. sometimes you get things and you're like, that just must have been an off day. <laughs> like, yeah. That's just not right. how I feel. Right. Um, or, you know, I, I hadn't really noticed this. So mm-hmm. I'm always curious, like, is there any clinical correlation here of what the test is saying and how you're actually feeling? Yeah. And we did that one. And I always love doing a stool test, even if someone wants to look at hormones, because your gut is going to influence your hormones. Yeah. So as we shift into talking about your hormone test, it's like, this is all really helpful too, but having that gut test really informed why some of those things were happening with your hormones too. We were seeing inflammation. Yes. We were seeing kind of like a stressed zone on my digestive system. Like it was under stress. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, one other thing on the, one other marker on the stool test is your estrogen recycling. Mm -hmm. So that's looking at, so estrogen gets recycled and or detoxified primarily through the liver. It's one of the first phases that it goes through. And so when that's elevated for somebody, I'm like, all right, I really want to look at their hormones now and or look at their enzymes, uh, their liver enzymes, because what's going on with that. So we can use blood work to look at that. Mm -hmm. Um, There's just, it almost just leads to more things to look at. Right. Just to put the complete picture together. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's why, again, it's so nice to have multiple tests and blood work as well. Cause that's a nice thing is, I'm starting to utilize blood work now and I'm doing courses on that and yeah. training on it because almost everybody has blood work from some time, mm, right? Like some, mm-hmm. pri- some primary care physician ran a basic panel. Yeah. So even if it's from five years ago, I still want to look at it and see like yeah. what were the trends then. Right. So it's nice to be able to use all this information into one thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, okay. So we knew, yeah, we got the gut test back first. So we knew inflammation, um, I think you had told me to also test my blood sugar because I was testing my blood sugar the same day that I took the Dutch, Mm -hmm. which that was a wild ride. So the Dutch you collect with urine samples and spit samples. Mm -hmm. 
And it's all throughout the day. So it's like upon waking, you're peeing on this like, like paper card, basically. Yeah, it's kind of like a sand. It looks like sandpaper. It looks like almost. sandpaper. Yeah, or you yeah. can pee in a cup and you can dip it in there. That's way. what I did. Yeah, that's what I did. That's what I did. Yeah, yeah. I peed in the, in the cup all day, and then you dip the sandpaper, and then yeah. you have to let them air dry for twenty for twenty four hours. hours. <laughs> so they're just like piss tabs <laughs> sitting <laughs> in your bathroom for a day. <laughs> And then the spit, it's like a really thick cotton swab yep. that you like chew on. And yeah, you just put it on the side of your cheek and you yeah. let it saturate. You can chew on it a little bit to, you know, st- stimulate. Um, stimulate your saliva and you stick it in a tube and then you freeze it until you, you ship it, it off. Yeah. And so then you ship your pee and your spit off and out pops yeah. this yeah. beautiful array of information, yeah. which I was so excited to see. Yeah. This is probably my favorite test to run with people. Um, I use the Dutch test, which stands for dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. Um, particularly we did the Dutch plus. So that has a little bit more information than the Dutch, uh, complete, which mm-hmm. is, you know, kind of the step down in that way. But yeah, you had quite a few collections, um, and all the directions are laid out. I also have a YouTube video for people to follow of how to do it. So, it's doable, right? It's doable. And I made the mistake of then also testing my blood sugar on the same day. Yeah. So I was all day just pissing, spitting, and bleeding on <laughs> a ver- in a various And probably capacity. adding stress to you, honestly. That probably wasn't ideal. But at least we have other I, markers to know. Yeah, but, but on, I mean, it really didn't. Like, yeah. the blood work looks yeah. pretty much the same, no matter <laughs> what. I mean, not, the glucose testing looked pretty much the yeah. same. So I was like, I didn't know any better. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. About, like, I went into being like, yeah, I mean, no problem. Yeah. Well, of course I'll do both. I'll just have a day of testing. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't quite yeah no but yeah it ended up being fine yeah yeah just a lot in the moment yeah yeah (laughs) and you did it and I did it yeah we got really good results and what I like about because some people are like what if I do this test and nothing comes back and I'm like something's going to come back right and I think it's also important to note you you take you test on a very specific day of your cycle you test on like 19 day 19 day 20 yeah because they want to see so if you have a 28 day cycle we're going to assume that you're ovulating around day 14 15 so you're going to collect on days 19 20 or 21 because we want to catch progesterone at its highest peak which is going to be five to seven days after you ovulate Mm -hmm. so if you someone if you track ovulation and you know for sure like i ovulate on day 17 then you would push back when you would collect Mm -hmm. because it's just going to be five to seven days after ovulation yeah so whenever that is for you, that's when you would be collecting. Yeah. And if yep. you're not ovulating or menstruating, um, one, hopefully you're running this with a practitioner so they can help you figure out when to do it. Because uh, maybe then you collect any day of the month. Um, or if you have really irregular cycles, again, it's important to work with someone who can help tell you when to test. Mm-hmm. Dutch's um, customer service is also really great too. So mm-hmm. you can always reach out to them online. Because you can't order this by yourself. Yeah. But then uh, in my mind, I'm like, what, what are you going to do, do with this information? Yeah, you should, you guys, there's it's like foreign thir- language. It, you know, there are like 30 pages of reports that come with the gut. Yeah. I would have no yeah. idea. Like after we ran through it together or you send the video of it, like the run through, then I could go back and like look up specific things on my own for like a deeper understanding. But I would not know where to yeah. start. I, yeah. I mean, I would have no idea. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because when I work with people, it is hearing this information for the first time can be very overwhelming. And so my goal is to always provide a video to you before our session where I record a video telling you what your results are, showing them to you, my interpretation of it. So that way you have time to digest that information prior to us meeting because it's overwhelming to be in a session where it's timed and you're like, 
I don't even know what my questions are at this point. I just, yeah. I just got hit with this information and I have a million questions, but I can't formulate them yet. So I like to give that to people beforehand. So that way when we meet, it's more of a targeted conversation and yeah. you've had time to really digest Ask questions. It. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So your Dutch came back and what this is looking at is what I like about the Dutch is that it's looking at your hormones, but also their metabolites. Mm -hmm. So not only do we have hormones, we have ways in which we utilize them. And that's very, very important, particularly for our sex hormones and particularly for estrogen Mm -hmm. and certain androgens, Um, especially with you having the symptoms of like my breasts get tender and they get really full and like I'm having these mood swings. My brain was like, this is probably estrogen based. But, you know, I can assume all day long, but let's find out for sure. Right. So, you know, you're going to get your test back. You're going to see different um, levels. It also looks at your adrenals and how those are producing cortisol and DHEA, which are the hormones that come from your adrenal glands. Mm -hmm. So like Chrissy said, she collected at different times of the day because they're catching cortisol at those points of the day. Yeah. So we're going to look at your cortisol within the first hour of waking. So you have three samples within the first hour of waking. You're going to do one in the afternoon and then at night before bed. And so we get to see how your cortisol pattern changes because cortisol should rise in the morning and then slowly go down throughout the rest of the day. And I see this all over the place with people. Some people are really low from the start and they stay low all day. Mm. Some people are really high all day. Like it really just depends or they're inverted. It should be they're low in the morning, but high at night, which is why they can't sleep. Oh yeah. So there's all these different scenarios. And so seeing how your pattern goes is really important for us to see is how is this then influencing your sex hormones? Yeah. Cause cortisol does influence your sex hormone production too. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to look at that. We got to look at, um, and there's a differentiation of like metabolized cortisol, which is what your adrenals are making versus your saliva cortisol total, which is basically what's like in your cells. Yeah. Like what's actually available to you right. that you're utilizing. And yeah. those can be skewed sometimes. You might be cranking out cortisol from your adrenals, but you're not using it properly. Right. So then I'm like, where's the breakdown there? Yeah. What do we need to do to get that communication be better? Yeah. So let's talk about mine specifically. Yeah. So, so your cortisol came back. You were within range for everything, but I argue that you were low. Right. Um, you know, you're waking, you're 30 minutes after waking, you're 60 minutes after waking all it it didn't shift a lot yeah so that's technically called a cortisol awakening response we want that to peak up like a mountain 30 minutes after you wake yep yours didn't yours went up just a little bit yeah and so i'm like all right like she's not super low but she's not having that response yeah and so to me i'm like that's where you were already doing this anyways but morning light exposure is very beneficial for that yep it's really like let's make sure we're doing that for some people, they're like, I'm doing it. And I'm like, okay, I dig deep and like, but I'm wearing sunglasses. I'm like, take the sunglasses off. Yeah. We need the naked eye to hit that. You know, we need that sun to hit the naked eye. Yeah. You know, so that's what we saw for you. And we also saw that you were very, you were trending lower for your afternoon and your night. Yep. Um, which could correlate to just fatigue in yeah. the afternoon and really yep. being wiped out before bed. Right. Um, which so, is, yeah, how I would feel. Yeah. Yep. So we were seeing that. But what's interesting, too, is that your metabolized cortisol, so what your adrenals were actually able to make, was on the lower side. You were just barely making enough to be within range. Yep. So I'm seeing that, and I'm like, there's some fatigue on the adrenals here. Yes. So yes, they are fucking fatigued. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so They're like, screaming out, we are tired. <laughs> of the little bit that you're making, you're, you're pumping it out, but it could definitely be better. Yeah. And that's where things like adaptogens come into play. Yeah, we took some of those. Yeah, and those, again... Those are kind of like I say, like a therapist, like you got to try out a couple before you find the one that works. Yeah. Because there's so many blends and there's so many herbs and there's so many mushrooms that are beneficial for you. Yeah. That like you might try a bottle or a whole thing of one particular adaptogen and you might not feel a lot. 
but then it's like then try the next one there's yeah. so many i have like a handful of ones that i love to rotate among people because i'm like this might work for you right but it might not work for the person who has a very similar test to you so yeah. it really just depends yeah that makes perfect sense because the other thing you talked about cortisol too is like it's so much about lifestyle changes. Yes. And I think that this is going to come way more into play. I can already see it coming into play for me more and more is this idea of like nervous system mm-hmm. regulation. Mm-hmm. And that is going to be something that is going to be really hard for the girlies because <laughs> like, how do you measure? There may be other, are there tests that you can. So actually, um, it's just one of those things. It's like the long grind over time. Yeah. Like you just got to consistently put in the work over and over and over and over again mm-hmm. and just like have faith that it's impacting your nervous system in a positive way. Because I think we're all walking around with like frazzled, yeah. the and, fucked out yeah. nervous systems. And peop- maybe they know this cause you've talked about it, but just a quick rundown. I'm always talking about the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system mm-hmm. that comes off of your central nervous system. Um, Parasympathetic is the, you know, um, the rest and digest. Sympathetic is the fight, flight, or freeze. Most of us are living in sympathetic state because of chronic stress or lack of stress management or just circumstantial things that we aren't able to get out of or we don't know how to get out of. Mental, like emotional trauma, unprocessed emotional trauma over and over and over again, years on. I would say like there's multiple sources of stress or it's not just mental, but even a long physical stressor yeah right like having something physically be wrong with you over time that's going to continuously keep you in a sympathetic state Mm -hmm. um and then also environmental chemical stressors maybe you do have a parasite maybe you do have mold in your home like those things are all stressors too there's stressors everywhere yeah so like you're keeping yourself in the sympathetic state and we have to really work on getting ourselves into parasympathetic which again rest and digest and your body the, knowing that it's safe. Yeah. Like it's safe to rest and yeah. relax. Yeah. And it's because when it feels safe, it's going to be like, oh, well, we should ovulate then. We have all of this extra energy that yeah. we can use to our bodily processes yeah. that we are sh- used to keeping us on edge and alert right yeah. now. Yeah. Like, oh, we can digest our food because yeah. we're not threatened by something or right. that we're not perceiving that we're threatened by something. Right. So it's so important to switch over into parasympathetic and there's activities that you can do that, right? Yoga can be good. My favorite is breath work. Meditation, breath work. It's available to everybody. Yeah. Like you don't have any, there's no set of skills per se to do that. Yeah. And that's why I have breath breath work in every protocol because I'm like, this is something that is accessible. You can do in the car. You can do, you know, five minutes before walking into work, whatever it is. But that it's right because with the cortisol, if you're constantly on edge and you're constantly perceiving stress and threatened threats to your life and your safety, your cortisol is going to be high, 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 high all the time. Yeah. And eventually your body just gives up because it's yes. like, look, we're pumping out cortisol and you're not using it properly. Right. We're just going to shut down. And what I learned this week is that your body stores cortisol, mm-hmm. which then can affect all of your other hormones because it's stored in the tissue. Yep. Yeah. So a lot of times it's... It's uh, if you can get your cortisol to come down and be in proper levels, then sometimes that pesky last five, 10 pounds, all of a sudden it's like, oh, I literally walked this off. It's not because you walked. It's because you chilled the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happened. Right. But we think it's because we just walked. Yeah. So it's like, again, the the parasympathetic activities are huge because that's the groundwork for all the other hormones to take place and, you know, really regulate the way that they should. Yep meditation, breath work, spending time in nature, walking. Mm -hmm. I would say like social interact, like wholesome, loving social interaction, Mm -hmm. just like anything where you're, 
you're like signaling to your body this is a safe space yeah. we can rest yeah like any in if you've looked into vagus nerve stuff that's something yeah, so I'm like, like stimulating the vagus nerve which yeah. you can do that through humming singing yes. gargling water like yes. so many weird things you can be doing for that like tapping is can be something for parasympathetic yep like there's all these things so find what works for you but that was it. And I think people kind of look at me like, okay, I get it, Evie. But I'm like, no, seriously, like, I'm like, this is probably going to solve all your problems. <laughs> yeah. You can nail this down. I mean, I am, I just, again, like it comes back to, I, I don't know this to be true just from you. Like, this is what everyone in the wellness health sphere is talking about. Like, this mm -hmm. is like the cutting edge of where we are with health and wellness. And so I just like, okay, these people know more than I do. And if I'm not doing this, I'm just like not doing really anything. And so if the time's going to pass and the time's going to pass, I might as well meditate every day yeah. and just like see what happens. Mm -hmm. Like just get curious. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. There might not be this big lightning bolt revelation of like, oh, wow, like you've meditated and like now you've achieved this next level and it's very clearly laid out. I would like that. My like, you know, achieving brain would like that. But I've also just come around to like, that's probably not what it's going to be. It's probably just going to be a slow plug away at this your whole entire life. Mm -hmm. And you won't maybe even know the difference. But if you weren't doing it, you would know. Yep. Right? Like, you're, like it's just like, okay, we're like keeping this state of feeling good for the rest of my life. And it might feel like you're not, nothing's getting better, but it's certainly not getting worse. Yeah. Yeah. That's what my fingers are crossed yep. for. <laughs> I just have a much more realistic idea now of like yeah. what health is going to look like. Yeah. And again, it's, let's say you reach this, you know, goal, whatever. It's like, then there's going to be something else you're going to go after. Yeah. Like I've done so many things in five years. Like I never thought I would look into breath work or care about it, but now I'm like, yeah. I do it. And then after that, I got into cold plunges and then I got into saunas and then I got into castor oil packs. Like there's yeah. always something. Right. The net. Yeah. But like at that foundation is always staying in that parasympathetic state. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. Being able to shift into it. I least. think people are going to really be talking about the nervous system coming up mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah. It's just like, as we fine tune our health more and more and more, you can like see, you catch a hold of these practices that are going to make that like 1%, 2% difference. Cause that's mm -hmm. where we are now. Cause mm -hmm. we're been, you know, yeah. everyone is now anyone listening to this podcast or is pretty much committed to their health. And that's like where we are with yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. The next frontier. Yep. Yeah. So, okay. So cortisol, cortisol. Yeah. So that, that was surprising to me. I thought it was going to be super high, but it made sense that it was actually on the lower range. And, um, I think of that as just an overall really important goal of mine because I know how important it, important it is for the other functions that are happening for me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And from there, we look at different sex hormones. So it goes into looking at progesterone and androgens and your estrogen. So progesterone is the hormone that we make after we ovulate and we need it to get pregnant and stay pregnant. Yep. Um, so yours was within range. You know, if you think of like a clock, it was at about... Uh, I guess another way to look at it is like, if you look at it in thirds, it was in the first third. So yeah. it could certainly be higher. Um, and I do see this a lot with people. And if you're someone who's experiencing short cycles and by cycle, I mean your entire cycle, not menstruation. But if you have a 23 day cycle or 21 day cycle, you're bleeding every three weeks. To me, that's like a pretty safe assumption is there's something going on with progesterone and it's probably being low. 
Um, so I do see that a lot with people. So the goal is always to extend progesterone, especially if someone is entering into, I, I want to get pregnant yeah. like, or, you know, I've had miscarriages. It's like, okay, let's look at progesterone. So wanting that to be high and really nice and healthy and robust is important, especially with the goal of pregnancy for people. Yeah. So things that are going to decrease progesterone is going to be stress. Um, and just because if you're not ovulating, you're not going to make progesterone, but why would you not be ovulating? It comes back to nervous system again, most of the time. Yeah. Sure. There's supplements that can help like vitamin C is really great for that. B vitamins, yeah. like all these things can help kickstart that. But we want to really be able to get the body to ovulate, to make progesterone. Cause not only is it important for pregnancy, it's also very calm or it's very calming to the brain and the body. Mm-hmm. So again, if someone, we talked about GABA, if someone doesn't have any progesterone on their Dutch test and they're super high strung and they're very stressed and anxious and they can't sleep, like yeah. that tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is really, even if you don't want to get pregnant, you want to be ovulating. Yes, you have to be ovulating. Like, it's like an indication, indication yeah. of health. It's like, it's a report card. Every month yeah. we get a report card of what our health is like. Yeah. And so it's important for people to realize that um, even if you don't want to get pregnant, you still want to be ovulating. And again, if you're like, well, I don't want to get pregnant. Well, then we learn about different right. birth control methods, right? Yeah. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Whole but other conversation. Yeah. So we looked at progesterone that being, you know, within range, but yeah. it could be higher. Let's just say it's within range. Yeah. It's within range. <laughs> it is. It, it is. is within range. It's within range. Honestly. <laughs> I'm just, I like take the wins where I can get them, you well, know? Well, <laughs> like, you know, not to say that this is a comparison, but like, Yours was yours is really good compared to other people that I see. Yeah. So yeah. I hope that makes you feel better. <laughs> I mean, I like we had some gut issues. We've got yeah. the blood sugar stuff. I was at least happy to be like, okay, my sex hormones are like, we can work with this. Yes, you've got yeah, you yeah. were definitely there's no there were no red flags yes. that I was like, this yeah. is an emergency right. type of situation. Right, right, right. Yeah. So then we look at your androgens, which are classically known as the male sex hormones. Those are things like DHEA, DHAS, androstenedione, testosterone. Um, and then their metabolites. And so we get to see these things and you came up within range for all of it, which is really good. DHAS was within range. Testosterone was within range, a little low. Right. We, which, th- we did think that was low compared to how much I'm lifting. Yeah. Like lifting yeah. again, eating more can really be helpful with that, but there's certain, a lot of times inflammation can block. Yep the reason someone might have good DHEA, but it doesn't translate essentially into testosterone. Yep. And we know we have inflammation. Yeah. yeah. So we knew that based on yeah. one, how you feel and two, that your Dutch, your stool test. So we yep. were like, okay, something's going on here. Also blood sugar yep. being off is another form of inflammation. Yes. So when I see things like this being off, whether it's too high or it's too low, I'm like, Hey, is it electrolyte issue? Is it, a blood sugar issue. There's something that's causing this miscommunication to happen. And so which one is it? Which is why we look at your glucose. And then we're also having you drink electrolytes and utilize those throughout the day. That's the other thing that is a very free or low cost fix that has made such a big improvement in the my day-to-day vitality. I drank tons of water all the time. I was constantly drinking water, but I was likely pretty dehydrated because I was not really salting even my food that much. I mean, I'm not eating like processed or eating out very often. So my sodium intake was probably really low. Potassium probably really low. So I started off with using just salt, Himalayan sea salt Mm -hmm. and lemon juice and lime juice. Mm -hmm. And I almost immediately just noticed like a difference in energy levels that 
and I'm not drinking coffee either. So I know in the morning, like if now I use Element in the morning, I like splurged on that. Yeah. I was like, okay, what is like the poor man's version of Element? Like how... And that's okay. That works for people too. And I, yeah. so I, I get Element now, but I only use one a day. And then I supplement the rest of my water with salt and lemon and lime juice. And I will notice a big difference in the morning. Like if I don't have the Element in the morning, that I just am feeling sl- like sluggish. Like the way one would feel when you don't have a coffee. Sluggish, kind of brain fog. And like that's really just dehydration overnight from not yep. drinking water. Exactly. Exactly. So salt in the water, lemon, lime. So I put, I have like a, what is this? 32 ounces? 32 ounces, a liter. I would use like a fourth of a tablespoon of salt. Table, teaspoon. Teaspoon. Yep. Yep. Sometimes I just would get real liberal with it yeah. though. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm like, like drinking the salt. I'm Hydrate drinking me. an ocean. <laughs> But I've just come to like it, actually. Like, I like the taste. When I drink yeah. plain water now, it tastes weird to me. Yeah, I know. Same. I don't love plain water. And again, like with these tests, it's interesting because I might see, oh, someone has really low DHEA or DHAS or whatever. And I'm like, you know, so do you get dizzy upon standing? Do you crave salt or sugar? And they're like, I really love, like, I need, I need something savory. I need salt. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that makes sense because looking at your hormones, that tells me that. Yeah. So, you know, adding that in can be very helpful. Also with cravings, um, electrolytes are great. And just in general too, for you, you know, I'm, we were curious if this would affect your blood glucose too. Right. So playing around with that too can sometimes shift things. Right. It didn't, turns out, really shift things that much. But regardless, I was, I was not properly yeah. hydrating myself with the sodium and the potassium. If if you are someone, right, that's like just drinking plain water, no electrolytes, and making most of your food at home, would you agree that like chances are you're not getting the optimal oh, yeah. level? If you're, so that's kind of like, like, no one told us that. That's kind of the. No the, one said that. No, everyone said just drink water. Yeah. No one said anything about salt. Because salt has been demonized all these years. It's the, and they got the white crystal wrong. It's not salt that's a problem. It's processed carbohydrates in addition to sugar. So right. there's a really great book called The Salt Fix by Dr. Nicole Antonio. Um, really, it's a short read, very helpful, informative. But for most people who are eating a whole foods diet, which again, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm, you know, all this stuff, like they're healthy, they're on this kick. The, the back end of that is that you're actually depleted in a lot of minerals then because yeah. food also doesn't have a lot of minerals anymore the way agriculture is. And, you know, that's a whole thing. But Salting your food, especially if you eat whole foods diet, yeah. is essential at this point. Yes. Fourth of a teaspoon, eighth of a teaspoon, like whatever yep. it needs to be. But I, I challenge you to do that. And I'm you like I'm really curious if you're if you can confidently say you feel nothing. Like there's gotta be some change to oh. you doing that. Like you're like saying, Oh, I a hundred percent felt it. Oh I, yeah. There's been no one that I've worked with that is like, I feel nothing by adding salt. If anything, I have more energy. I have, uh, I don't have sugar. Cra- I don't have crashes in the afternoon anymore. Yeah. I don't yeah. have cravings anymore. Like just overall magical. energy levels. And I, yeah, I would notice like I would start to get really yawny mm-hmm. and like, yeah, just kind of like sleepy for no reason. Sometimes I notice it with my alertness. Like if I have a long day of clients, like around two, 3 PM, I'm kind of like, yep. Oh my God, like I got to yep. push through these last few hours. Yeah. I'll have some element or some salt and I am like wired yeah. after yeah. like a I, steady I concentration. Yeah. Yeah. So we did that. We talked about that. What's cool also is that this Dutch test will show you whether you have a five beta or five alpha preference. What that means is, does my body prefer to make high levels of androgens? And if it does, and you also have high levels of androgens, and you also have thinning scalp hair, 
hirsutism. You mm-hmm. have acne. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a more of like a weight gain around, around your belly. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, this is your body saying like we prefer to make this and we are making this. Yeah. So then my first thing again is going to be let's look at blood sugar. Yeah. Because that's typically going to be the biggest culprit for people. Um, now there's other things too, but like spearmint. What was mine like? Yours were actually good. You okay. are a five alpha preference. So your body does prefer to be androgenic, but again, you're not elevated on yeah. any of them. Okay. So I, I think I kind of say like, that's a saving grace for people. If like yeah. you didn't have high levels of it, but things could skew that way. Right. Okay. Um, so that's, that's helpful for us to see, which is why a lot of practitioners like to use the Dutch because that also informs whether or not we use certain supplements. So if someone's a five alpha, you might want to sh- you know, you stay away from certain things that could push you to have high levels of androgens at that right, point. Right, right, right. That so, makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, and then from there, what's really interesting is that you actually make estrogen, not you, but everybody makes estrogen from their mm-hmm. androgens. So we got to look at that pathway of how do you make your estrogens? And we have your estrone, estradiol, and estriol. Those are all your three main estrogens there. Estradiol is E2. It's the most potent estrogen, the one that people get tested most of the time. Um, all of those were, were within range. So I'm like, great. But again, this is where the Dutch comes in and is very yeah. helpful is we get to look at the pathways and the metabolites of how you're actually utilizing those estrogens. Yep. And if you're getting them out properly. So there's these three pathways, um, and this is all phase one and two of liver detoxification. That's how we get estrogen out because we want to have good levels of estrogen, but then we want to get out extra because yes. we don't want too much of it. Yep, yep, yep. So that happens through liver and then eventually gets packaged up into your bowels and you poop it out. Yep. So the three pathways that we looked at, they're, um, you know, they have longer names, but it's 16-OH, 4-OH, and 2-OH. And each one has a correlation to certain things. So 16-OH, for example, has a correlation of probability of development of breast cancer. It's carcinogenic. We don't want that one to be high. Yeah. I just listened to a podcast where someone was talking about this, and she was like, we could eradicate breast cancer if every woman got a Dutch test. Yeah. (laughs) To, like, understand, okay, if these are high, like, I need to start, I need to do something about this. Yeah. And... Like I have, I have someone that I've worked with who she had breast cancer and she was petrified to get this done because she's like, I just want to see like, is this still high? Yeah. And like, luckily it wasn't and yeah. you know all that stuff, but you're right. This is something that is a really early detection mm-hmm. because it's like we, that's a whole thing. But I'm like, if we just did this test and we looked at these metabolites, cause this can explain a lot of why people get breast cancer who have no yeah. history of it in their family. Right. And looking at the environment and what we're using and putting on our body and all of that stuff plays such a big role. And if our detox pathways are open, so we'll talk about how that all plays a role. But your 16-OH was within range. It wasn't elevated, which was good. The next one is 4-OH, which this one is also considered carcinogenic. This one is more associated with like fibroids, uterine uh, fibroids, cysts, things Mm -hmm. like that. We don't want that elevated either. Mm -hmm. Um, This one was slightly elevated. So we're splitting hairs by calling Mm -hmm. it high. But it was enough to grab my attention because of your symptoms. Yeah. Again, your symptoms were very much like estrogen based. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. If this is showing up as elevated, then this is something we can go after from a food standpoint. Yeah. We didn't even do any hardcore supplements for it. No, right. So if someone has elevated 4-OH or 16-OH, we want to be pushing the estrogen pathway towards the third one, which is your 2-OH, which is the most protective pathway. It's anti-carcinogenic. Um, so in order to do that, you can actually use sulforaphane. Yeah. Sulforaphane comes from cruciferous vegetables. So the most potent ones and the most uh, kind of like concentrated version of sulforaphane will come in the form of broccoli sprouts. Yep. Which is why I'm a big fan of them. I'm eating tons of broccoli. Every single morning I have yep. broccoli sprouts since yep. 
the day we got this touch yeah. touch test. Yeah. Yeah. So Brock so forfane helps, you know, push the pathways down the proper ones so that if you have elevated estrogen in certain areas, it can flush it out. It helps um just in general get that out again through your bowels the way that it should. And yep. so you're not recirculating any extra estrogen. Yep. Yep. And this period, my June period, which we I mean, I, I feel like I've been like really focused on hormone stuff since January, since the beginning of the year, seed cycling, um, cycling my workout, just like being more intentional and like in my body, working on my nervous system, like kind of unknowingly. And that June period, so six months was the first period that I did not have symptoms. So I did my boot, I didn't even know my period was coming because my boobs did not perform how they usually perform. Yeah. And I thought my period was going to be off because, like, wait, where are my boobs? Like, yep. they're not here. So that means my period's not coming. But sure enough, it came right on time. And I had didn't even notice, like, mood swings, um, light cramping, just, you know, awareness. And I, I think there might have been a, some still a little bit of clotting, but I could tell that it improved. Yeah. It wasn't like overnight, this period is zero clots, but I could tell that it improved. But the big thing was like, the, I mean, the noticeable big thing was like just no breast tenderness or pain. I mean, I w- it would like hurt like when I would like stand up or like walk down steps. Or yeah. I was just like very aware of it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm and so I'm, happy to hear that for you. And also what I want to make a point of is, you started doing this like in March about like started working the, with you, but yeah. I even started before right. that with like different. Right. But I mean like actions. with the broccoli sprouts, cause you didn't know. That oh yeah. The broccoli had, sprouts started in March. Yeah, yeah. So you broccoli sprouts in March and what people, I didn't know this, but our follicles have a 90 day lifespan. That's three months. So really when you're starting to work on your hormones and maybe you have more specific things to work on, like it might take three months for you to start seeing this progress because yeah. it's your body has to run through those cycles. So what we do today influences our cycle in three months. And so, you know, you started this three months ago. So it's not that surprising. It's very encouraging, but it's not surprising to hear like, okay, things are shifting now because you have yeah. more targeted things to be doing. Yeah. And it's just, I think it's so hard to reconcile with that these things just take longer. I know. Then we want, then we expect, then is on our timeline, that is in time for my vacation, that is in time, you know, like, it's it's frustrating, but again, it's like, well, what's the alternative? Right. To stop? You're not going to stop, so, like, let's just keep going. And if, right. you know, I think we're at a good place now of working, you know, doing some work from March to end of June, we're like, okay, we tried this little approach for the blood sugar, that's not giving us the results that we want. So like, let's pivot. But we're giving, I'm hoping that like, it feels intuitively like, okay, we gave it the time. Yep. Yeah. You know, and I'm feeling like we're, nothing's really changing. The blood, it's showing us nothing changing. So now is the time to say, okay, what can we do differently? Yep. Nothing's but everything's, everything's going to, but for every person, it's going to be so different, like depending on what it is that they're working for. So it's not even to say like, oh, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think like, a general time of general, like maybe rule of thumb is like, you got to give things like three months, but even three months when I think about it, doesn't seem like that long. Three months is not a long time compared to like what, how long I might've been in metabolic dysfunction for, you know, year plus. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's why it's like, I, 
I can't really give time frames because I know. it's hard because everyone's different. But the point and you made, everyone's different. Yeah, the point you made is important. Is it, how long have you been in that state? And yeah. how long were you in that state that you didn't know about it? You know right, what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. I didn't know like blood sugar wise. So yeah. So yeah, it's just tough in this world where we want quick results and we just want to be feeling good. And we want, at least for me, like this is how I feel like, okay, I have my eyes set on a goal. I've got the task that I'm supposed to do. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. I'm committed. I'm following the rules and it's still not happening. That for me, like in my brain, it just breaks my brain in half. <laughs> like you're telling me that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and I'm not getting the outcome that I want. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where it's like, okay, now we shift. And that's where, again, like as a practitioner, I have to keep that in mind of this cannot be set in stone because I might go in thinking this is going to work and it doesn't work. And it's no fault to you, especially when it's not a user error. You're doing it all right. Yeah, it's It's, for me, it's got to be a mind shift for me. I've got to get out of that, like beating yourself up if you're, you know, not getting an immediate result. Yeah, Like trusting, surrendering. There's so many other things. And like it's I told hard. you, like, we'll shift. We'll make the shift. We'll yeah. try things out. We'll see what happens. Yeah. And knowing all along that underneath the surface, things are still moving in the right direction. Yeah. I, and, I, and, I know, and I know that from things like my poop, mm-hmm. from the way that I'm feeling with hydration, um, overall how I feel after I eat, like, those things I see making yeah. a difference yeah my overall like mental state my periods you know like there are things that are pointing me in the right that are making it like propping me up a little easier to be like okay yes keep going keep yep. going yep. little like cheerleaders along the way exactly yeah and but I think that's important too is we need you, you need that you need something to hold on yeah. to of like all right something's happening yeah here. you do need that if you don't have that it's hard yeah so yeah. like as a coach I have to be there to like there needs there needs to be some evidence of change for you to keep keep you invested because yeah. even if you're the most devoted disciplined per- person yeah so at some point people break yeah like, of well, course what's happening? of course yeah right. I'm investing time I'm investing money right. like right what's happening yep. yeah yeah understandable so yeah. yeah so you've got all that um so other things with estrogen like I said your 2OH pathway which is the one that we want to be the highest was the highest which was good um we also get to look at methylation activity. So methylation in its very simplest form is your body's ability to turn genes on and off. Mm. So sometimes if someone's having issues with like mood, depression, uh, detoxification issues, fertility, thyroid, it's like maybe you have methylation issues. So then depending on this test, I might recommend that you get tested for MTHFR, which is a common uh, methylation SNP mm. um, in your genes. So like when I first my, did my Dutch, I had low methylation activity and I had a lot of symptoms of that. And I was like, okay, interesting. So I got tested for MTHFR, which it looks like the cuss word, right? Yeah. Like oh, yeah. when you look at it, it literally looks like that, but it's a, just a blood test. You can see if you have it, there's two different variants of it. Um, I had it. And so that for me means that I need to take a methylated form of B vitamin. Mm. My body does not take folic acid and turn it into folate. Mm. It has to be, I have to take the methylated form already because my body yeah. can't do that. Interesting. And so that again, most... With the people that I work with mostly, that's most relevant for pregnancy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just wanting to get that checked out for people. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So that came up. And again, B vitamins are really key in that. So perhaps we talk about, hey, you need to start taking some methylated B vitamins, support your body there. Um, so that's a really nice thing because, again, it can segue into looking at other stuff too. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. And then one of the goals too that I had coming to work with you, right, was that I do, I want to get pregnant sometime within the next 
six to nine months, whatever. So that was like important for us yep. to see like, okay, this is like checking out. Yep. So it was really like after, from my perspective, we got the gut and we got the hormones. It was very easy to pick out like, okay, we've got this one estrogen detox pathway that we can help improve through broccoli sprouts. We need to like focus on cortisol. What we didn't mention with cortisol too is that I was re- decreasing intense workouts. Yes. That was the very hard for me. I know. It and was I, very hard for me to tell I, you I recommend it to you. Trust <laughs> I me. I, I went into that session like, keep it cool. Keep yeah, it cool. <laughs> keep it cool. going to fucking lose it. Um, but most of the time, the thing that you're resisting the most is the thing that you need to do. Yeah. So I, you know, I took that. And, and for the period of time when I was also intentionally working to gain weight, I had cut out cardio at that point. I did that for like six months. So I was kind of like, you know, you can do this. Like you've done this before. You felt fine. You felt okay. Mm -hmm. And so I was off pretty much, I guess, from like March then to just this past week, I started incorporating 20 minutes of zone two, like three times a week. And I'm going to do that for like the next six weeks and just keep it there and see what's happening. Yeah. I can tell you, like, I'm, oh, my God, I missed it so much. Mm-hmm. Like, I, honestly, it's just, like, the act and the routine of it for yeah. me that's, like, so a part of, like, who I am and, like, the sweat and just the way I feel after. Like, it's so much a mental thing, too. Yeah. So I'm really happy to, like, get back into that. But we initially took that down because of the adrenal fatigue, right? That yep. was the... Yeah, we, I was yeah. like, maybe there's something to this. Like, you know, you were already kind of feeling a little burnt out in certain areas. I'm yeah. like, let's see if we can just change it. Because, again, it's like if you want different results, you got to do things different. Yeah. So, like, yep. I was like, let's play around with that. And even sometimes changing up your style of lifting. Like, yeah. Like that, I've changed that multiple times. And every time I do, I feel like I get closer and closer to where my body should be. Yeah. And what, you know, in terms of my effort matching how I look on the outside. And I'm like maybe that's something that gets changed too. Like yeah. we just have to stay curious and open to like, I'm not saying that you don't lift anymore, but do we change up the style of it and yeah. see what happens there? Yeah. Cause you change up cardio. Like sometimes that's the key for people too. Right. Like there's so many things that we could play around with, which yeah. Johnny's, is daunting for some people, I know. but also like, I'm exciting for me. Thankful that I have Johnny too. Cause he's so good about like, we'll, we'll go through like cycles like that where like for a period of time we'll be focused on like, more so like strength, like heavy lifting this, the, mm-hmm. this, the classics, right? The squat, the deadlift, mm-hmm. chat, you know, like just getting that. And then we'll have a time where like, okay, now we're like in this really flowy state. We're doing athletic movements. We're doing agility things. Like he's really good about kind of switching it up, which yeah. I love too, because I think you're right. Like anything that you're doing just like over and over and over again, all the way through, like with no variability, yeah. you're kind of just like, well, what, how are you testing your, are you really like, yeah. Adapt. You're making your body adapt. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So that's been, that was tough. That was hard mentally. That was going against like every fiber of my being, especially then too, to be thinking about, okay, we're, you know, s- adhering to these certain macros and like eating to support blood sugar and like weight loss and like now you're telling me I can't exercise yeah (laughs) I know I'm telling you it was hard for me to say that no I I don't want to do this it was uh, good it's just like a good any like challenge like that again if I'm coming up to resistance like that in my mind then that is a clue for me to be like okay let's explore your relationship with this Mm -hmm. so that was that was good for me and it's good to just be reminded of like okay how good it does make you feel and that there's a way that I can 
do it in a more sustainable way. Like maybe it's not getting up first thing every morning, cup of coffee and a three mile hard intense run five days a week. Absolutely not. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is what I was doing for multiple years. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) So maybe that looks a little different, but I still like get to like do the thing. Yep. The thing just looks different. Because there's a balance too. Like for me, it's like, I don't want to take away things that make you feel like you. Right. But then we also have to be like, but is this really, does this have to be you right now? Right now. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, you should have like heard me begging Evie, like, can I do the nippered steps? <laughs> like, can I walk them? Yeah. She's like, like, you have to time yourself. <laughs> you can yeah. only do it 20 minutes. I'm like, that's fine. I'll take what I can get. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I haven't even done yet. So yeah. I have to get over there. Yeah. So yeah, that all plays a role. And I think about it a variety. Like we changed up your diet. We had you doing food rotation, yeah. right? Switching up the diet, switching up the types of food you were eating. Same thing with workouts. You can rotate that in. Different seasons of your life calls for different seasons of intensity. Yeah. And that's okay. And I would note too, like when we, for the first maybe like a month and a half to two months, we were really not even focused on the goal of losing weight. We no. were just trying to feed my body. Yep. Like feed, feed, feed. Yep. Feed it up. Yep. Get it nourished. Um you know, because if your body is already under stress, which we saw based on your stool test. Yes, we know it's It's stressed. irresponsible for us to go in and try and stress it even more by yep. asking your body to not be eating as much or not give it as much right. energy. Which again, not what I want to hear, but what this is yeah. what this is why I worked with you though. Yeah. Because I, w- I wanted to do something different than I was doing before. Yeah. So while yes, I can like kick and scream on my own all I want, like yeah. I'm, I'm like showing up. I know I need to yeah. do this. Yeah. But you, I mean, I give you so much credit. You really were like, this is uncomfortable, yeah. but you did it. And yeah. that's really hard to do. So it, it made it almost easier for me to know that you're, you're going to be curious and you're going to at least explore it Yeah, and that you're in it for the long game. In it for the long game. Yeah. So and what that's, else is there? That, yeah. Like, yeah. You, what else are you going to do with your time? Yeah. Right. Like yeah. might as well. Truly. So, Truly. yeah. So I, uh, yeah, all that was really good. Um, do you want to go over a little bit more of the Dutch and what else is in there? Yeah, yeah, or? yeah. What else we There's got? There's just a couple things. They look yeah. at melatonin, which is an antioxidant in the body. Oh, melatonin yeah, is associated uh, with sleep, but it's a big, um, it's really important for the body as well. And it produces, it's mainly produced in the gut actually where it starts. Um, and so seeing that high, yours was a little bit on the higher end of the range, always signals to me there's something with the gut. Which oh, we already knew that because yeah. we looked at your biome effects. Yeah. So I was like, okay, everything's cross, yeah. cross contaminating, if you will. So this is making sense. And then it also shows uh, your organic acids. So to look at B12, B6, glutathione, biotin, and a gut marker. All that for you came within range. So I was like, okay, that's all good. Nothing, no red flags there. It looks at neuro-related markers like dopamine, norepinephrine. Um, those are all within range, which is, you know can be helpful because if someone has those off, that again stems from the gut. Um, and then looks at oxidative stress, which is, you know, overall how stressed is your body, how stressed mm. are your cells. And mm. that was also within range. So again, there were no major red flags on here. It was just like little tweaks yep. Yep. that I think were important enough because now you're noticing the benefits of it, but also. Well, what we found was probably most of the symptoms that I was experiencing besides the like boobs and the cramps or whatever was mostly in my gut. Yeah. 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 Which is not what I was expecting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why it's helpful to have both tests. And again, now we have glucose. That's kind of our main thing right now is like, what are we doing for that? And yes, there's multiple things. Yeah. One of the things that I have been, because I think a a lot of where I've come up against frustration with myself is truly against these timelines. And so I'm thinking like, okay, if I want to get pregnant, 
you know, around the end of the year and my glucose is still high then, like, does that put me at a higher risk for gestational diabetes? Like, does it? It can. So that's why I'm like that. But like, I, I don't want that to like be this like urgency thing of like, oh my God, I have to get this Mm -hmm. down. But like, it is kind of like, we need to really get this down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I just don't want to add any, I'm already going to be at a quote unquote high risk because of my age. Mm -hmm. I don't want to add on top of it. Yeah. Like high blood sugar. Yeah. And I, I want to, I want to say we won't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, first of all, you, who knows where it would be if you didn't even have an awareness about it six months ago. Like you just, like you have an awareness about it now. Yeah. Switching up your meals and you know, with glucose, there's still things that we haven't even touched yet. Right. Because and this I was is like, also a see. common problem I'm learning oh, about. Oh, yeah. Like a lot of women yes. in particular are running around with the, again, not like you go to a typical doctor and they're telling you high, but elevated yeah. blood sugar and like not understand, like experiencing like not being able to lose weight or mm-hmm. low energy or energy spikes. Brain fog. Ba- brain you know, fog. Like that weird like 2 p.m. slump that yep. you feel like you need carbs for. Yep. It's like, yep. nope. So... Yeah. This is like happening in the ethos a lot. Yeah. This is, I mean, I have gone through it. Who knows? I haven't checked mine. Like who knows what mine are now, but like I had, it took me about a year and I don't say that to like scare you, but about a year to really get a good handle on my glucose. Yeah. Cause I was the same thing. I it's had a value to similar to you. Yeah. Like they weren't super high, like to where I'd need medication, but they also like all the basics of like walking after meals, yes. eating protein and everything. I'm like, apple cider vinegar. Yeah. Like, apple cider vinegar. I, I, I try to walk almost after almost every meal. And then I have apple cider vinegar in the morning, which I just really like in general. It just feels good to me. Mm-hmm. I can't, I took it like way long ago and didn't really understand the benefits. It was just kind of like, this is what you do. And mm-hmm. I felt really good at that time too. So yeah. I'm just going with it. My body likes it. Yeah. Well, I think also like we talked about too, at that point when you're like, I'm doing all the things in yeah. quotes, like all the things it's like, well then let's look at insulin. Yeah. Let's look at your A1C. Like right. there's some other factor going yep. into that. So again, there's more to uncover, right. which is, you know, traumatizing for some people to hear, but it's also like, but to me that's hopeful. Yeah, exactly. So like, we're going to, I'm just, I know we're going to find the missing puzzle piece. Mm-hmm. There's the other side of this mountain. Yep. And I'm, I've heard of other women doing it. Like I follow a lot of like influence in the space that will p- had posted their s- very similar values and like what they did. That obviously gets a little tricky too because you're like, oh, well, shit happened yeah, for her. Comparison, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's just really for me a basis of like this person did it. I can do it too. Yeah, absolutely. That's why like, I, I'm confident that you'll be able to. It's just yeah. the timeline we don't know. Right, the timeline we don't yeah. know. Yeah, and That's again, where I have to kind of like not surrender just with food, it. it's that stress too. Yeah, I know. I, I really do just kind of have to surrender the whole thing because even if I sit here saying like, I hope to get pregnant by the end of the year, that also might not happen. Yeah. And so I can't really have too tight of a grip on it. Mm-hmm. It'll just be like, okay. Yeah. The goals should be performance-based versus like outcome-based, right? Like the performances, I'm walking after meals, I'm doing this, I'm exercising, like I'm drinking water versus I'm going to lose weight. Yeah. That's when we get, that's when we self-sabotage, I think. Yeah. And we don't mean to, but right. we do when we base it on the goals, me losing weight. It's like, right. no, the goal should be your consistent habits. Yes. And that's the mindset shift that's really come in yeah. with me. That's been helpful. Yeah. Um, also the, oh shit, I forget what I was going to say. I don't know. I'll, I'll remember, or I won't. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, so we've got blood sugar is like our main mm-hmm. focus right now. Mm-hmm. And hopefully good with the periods. We'll just like keep monitoring. Yeah. I'll keep doing what I'm doing. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where we are. We'll meet pretty soon, I guess, and talk about like what that next step looks yeah. like in yep. the puzzle piece. But this is uh, from the moment I started this kind of, you know, journey or whatever back in January, I first released an episode um, just about like cycle syncing and like that's where kind of I started. I've always been upfront in that like I don't want it to be a before and after picture. Yeah. Like take I'm taking you along for the ride. We don't have this figured out yet. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. Exactly. And we're just going to keep working on it yeah. and you've get got, there eventually. You've got the momentum going and that's what yeah. I always tell people like we're building momentum. You've got you got evidence that it's working in other areas, but there's still work to be done. Yeah. As if there there always will be. There always will be. Yeah. I remember what I was going to say that you know, maybe it was like maybe three or four months in, three months in where it was like, I was like strict protocol working, right? I was like on it, on it, on it, tracking, tracking, everything hit all my different Mm -hmm. self-care buttons, take all my supplements. I wasn't drinking. I was just like in this kind of almost like a more restrictive mindset, Mm -hmm. but I was just like focused and that was good and fine. And I like, am glad that I had that period of time because you almost need it to like get into it. You know, you can't, dip your toe halfway in here. You got to like jump head first and then kind of find your way. And so then it was, yeah, around month like four or so when we had that conversation where I was like, so my therapist, Logan says, I I have to have a pleasure protocol. And you were like, absolutely go out for a night with your friends. Yeah. Like have fun, do this. Like this is part of you too. And it can't just be about following all your macros and hitting your breath, you know, it just can't, that this is not your whole entire life. And that I really appreciated. And that's where I'm now in more of this space. We're like very committed and working hard, but allowing just some like flow and fun into it. Because again, with the, with the thought, this is life. Exactly. I, I struggle sometimes to talk about this on my social media of how important routines are and things like that, because they are important for a lot of people and they definitely are a good kickstart for people to get healthy of like yeah. sticking to something, being focused. But when your routine turns into a prison, that's not health anymore. Yeah. And that's where I find people, they get overly routined and mm-hmm. overly strict with their rhythms and what they're doing. Right. That One thing in, throws you off. Yeah. That then out. it's like, it's so stressful for them. And I'm like, well, that's not healthy for you either. Yeah. So I'm glad it's nice that you got to that point where you're like, I'm feeling like I'm in a good rhythm, but I got to expand it a little bit. Yes. I have to expand it a little bit. And that's what it was. It was like, it wasn't even just like necessarily taking things away yeah. or restricting more. It was bringing more in mm-hmm. more Absolutely. fun, more looseness Absolutely. whatever we have to play yes yeah that's a big part of it yeah anything else that we're missing gut dutch i don't think so I we don't talked think a so. lot yeah i mean we yeah. talked about just all the approaches we took again what you're continuing to doing honing in like there's progress that has been made but there's still work to do and also learning to just accept in general that there's always going to be yeah like the next phase of life you enter when you're pregnant there's gonna be a whole new set of things that you look into i know you know and then it's like it's just so (laughs) so i think when we accept that just in general as women in particular uh that makes it a lot easier. Yeah, it's difficult. Yeah. But like we're here together. We can yeah. get through it. Yeah. It's t- this is just like a big drastic mind shift for everyone. It is truly collectively like discarding an old way of being, an old way of doing things and starting something new. Mm-hmm. And that's tough. And that yeah. comes with transition and grief and yeah. all of that. Yeah. And I, I would just want to thank you for 
letting me into your life in this way. Oh, because, my gosh, thank you. Like, I know that you share a lot about your life and all that, but it, I know that it's very intimate for people to let me into their lives in this way yeah. and to let me in on some of the things that maybe they don't want to talk about or they don't want to share or admit. And yeah. so I do appreciate that from you. I don't take it lightly. And I appreciate you having me on here to talk about yes, that too. Yes, thank because, you. you know, it's nice to be able to share more of what we do because – Every time I've been on here, it's like I'm this new version of myself. Yeah. So it's really cool to come back and be like I know talking about all these things that I would never be able to talk about the first time I came on here. Right. And it's just I really appreciate that. And I just want to applaud you again for the work you're doing because it's not easy. And your mindset that you've shifted is just in the three, four, you know, six months I've followed along this with you. Like I know that you've made a lot of good progress and I just, yeah. I'm really proud to see that in you. And I think it's great that you're sharing that with people because I think people need to hear it. Yeah. Thank you. Well, if anything to like help other people get by too, yeah. like we're not alone. Yeah. Cause it's, it is fucking hard. Yeah. And the only thing that makes it a little less hard is like someone else is in yeah. this canoe with me. <laughs> Absolutely. That's it. Where can people, if they're interested in working with you or learning more about this, I think you do a free consultation, yeah, right? Absolutely. Where so can people find you. Yeah. So my website is www.holisticallyrestored.com. I do offer a free consultation on there. So you can go on there. You'll fill out an intake form just so I have an idea of who you are and what you're looking for. Um, We can set that up, get the conversation started. And um, in terms of social media, I do have a YouTube page. So Holistically Restored, I have some videos on there. I also am on Instagram the most. Um, I am at Holistically Restored. So you can find me there. Um, and I just, you know, I love being able to connect with people. So if you have questions or you're interested in it, feel free to DM me. I'm pretty active in there as well. So, um, but, and then I also, again, have a podcast as well. The podcast is called health in motion. So I have, uh, episodes on there regarding what I do, different topics, things that I see with clients, um, my own experience. So just to help you get to know me and my services a little bit better too. Yeah. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate you. I appreciate you. Listeners. Thank you, as always. Uh, Be well. I love you.